0: How is it going guys? Welcome to the Serious Angler Podcast. For those that are new to the show, the Serious Angler Podcast is created to highlight the many dedicated and passionate anglers in our fishing community today. To be able to provide them with an opportunity and a platform to share their story with the world. Thank you guys for listening and if you're not already, head over to my YouTube channel called Igbra Outdoors and click that subscribe button. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy today's episode. So in today's podcast, we are hosting Matt Becker of the FLW Pro Circuit to talk about what it's like to fish professionally, the pros and cons, and also about his YouTube channel, Matt Becker Fishing. All right, we are recording. As mentioned before, we are with Matt Becker, FLW Pro Circuit Pro. How are we doing today, sir?
1: Oh, I'm doing all right. Just uh, living the dream here, hanging out in the hotel room. Somewhere in Florida, so no complaints.
0: Doing a doing a little scouting. How's that been? How's that been going?
1: Yeah, so after uh, Rayburn, we hopped in the truck and drove over to Harris Chain. So we're doing a little bit of pre-practice here at Harris Chain. So just kind of checking out all the different lakes and uh, where there's grass, where there's not. You know, it's changed a lot over the last couple of years. So just trying to figure out what's the deal.
0: Just kind of getting a lay of the land. More so than, you know, where fish are kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I haven't really fished a whole lot. You know, I've been here the last two years, but it's completely different every time. So just trying to figure out what it's like this year. Sweet.
0: Yeah, well, we'll get into, you know, our little conversation here. But I guess before we do, kind of, if you want to take a second to briefly introduce yourself for those who don't already know who you are and uh, kind of tell us how you got into fishing and who got you into it and started the, the passion that led you to where you are now
1: okay so yeah nobody knows about me i'm uh, 27 years old i live right outside of pittsburgh pennsylvania small little town called finleyville so i grew up fishing you know the three rivers around pittsburgh it's not very good fishing so it's always super tough just to get a bite and uh grew up in that tough fishing element so i feel like that's helped me throughout my career but you know my dad got me into fishing that super young age. Like I, I don't ever remember not fishing. That's, that's all I've ever done. So, you know, he got me started in the some family oriented clubs and, uh, you know, got my competitive drive going in the fishing and just slowly worked my way up.
0: That's pretty sweet. So when, when did you kind of start doing the tournaments then?
1: Oh shoot. as, As soon as I, uh, could, you know, my dad had me in a junior division honestly, probably when I was five, six years old and fished in there until I was about 14. And they kicked me out because they wanted some other kids to win. <laughs> so they put me oh, up. In, yeah, they put me up in the adult division then. That's right. Uh, so
0: pretty much that's tournament fishing is what you kind of you all you've known, I guess, growing up then.
1: Well, yeah, you know, it was at a much smaller level and just more of a get together than a, a tournament, but it was yeah, just the, the the whole idea of it. Yeah, my my dad got it, got me started at as young as I can remember.
0: Yeah, uh, and now you're you're fishing with the the big boys and uh, at the professional levels. So, I mean, kind of walk me through that timeline of you know from that you know that junior age starting tournaments. What kind of you know led you to get to you know the steps stepping stone to where you are now?
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, probably when I was about 16 is when it really, like, kicked in that, like, hey, I want to do this for a living. You know, I want to fish as much yeah. as I can and get in these bigger events. And, you know, we never had a whole lot of money, so I, I could never really afford, a, you know, a new boat or new uh, get into these bigger events or whatnot. So when I turned 16, I joined the uh, Pennsylvania Bass Nation just as a co-angler and just started yeah. fishing around in there with different people. And when I graduated high school, uh, between, you know, some presents and gifts here and there, and then some money that I've saved up from cutting grass and winning tournaments here and there, I ended up buying my first boat, which was a, a, a first bass boat, should I say? I had a smaller boat when I was 16, but 18, I bought my first Ranger. It was a 1987, just 18 foot with a 150. And from there, I, I jumped to the front of the boat and started fishing the Bass Nation stuff for a few years anyway. And what happened there is I was kind of got stuck in a cycle in the in the Bass Nation stuff. So I would say, I think it was up till 2016. So from like 2010 to 2016, I pretty much only fished the, the Bass Nation stuff. That's really all I could afford. You know, it was $150 entry fee, so I was working as much as I could. Um, So I kind of got stuck in this cycle in the Bass Nation where I would fish all the events, qualify for the state team, go to the regional, and then finish first out one ounce for making the nationals two ounce or four ounces for making the nationals so i did that like three or four times and, and i finally got sick of it and just said i'm gonna go a different route and i got into the bfls mm. in 2016 and kind of committed myself to the northeast division i think i missed out on one of them but did all right made the regional and everything and uh from there i kind of gained priority entry into the costa series for 2017 so I saved up every penny I could and paid my entry fees into that and was fortunate enough to win one of them in twenty seventeen, which really jump started my career. It gave me the money to be able to fish the tour in twenty eighteen. So that's pretty much how I got my start.
0: That's awesome. And how many years are you going on now of, of fishing the the pro Circuit? well obviously now it's the pro circuit, but yeah, tour. Like
1: this is my third year.
0: Third year? That's awesome. So now, I guess you're not really—you've beaten a third year. You know, you're not considered a rookie anymore. But I guess you're—you're you're considered on the road to being a, I guess, veteran almost status.
1: So yeah, I, it takes a few years to, to get settled in, but we're getting there.
0: Yeah. So in that few years, you've been on that stage. You know, are you able to kind of list any, you know, pros and cons? I, I guess before then, is it—is it what you thought it would be? you know, prior to you going professionally, is it, has it been what you thought it would be?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, um, I knew it wouldn't be easy, you know, and there'd be a lot of hard work and a lot of everything. I mean, certainly things haven't worked out how I expected them to or anything like that, but it, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't had any major surprises or anything. It's kind of just been taking it as it comes.
0: So I I guess back to the question I was going to ask before that kind of popped in my mind was, you know, if you were kind of list like a a major pro and con for fishing professionally, I I guess, what would, what would you be your, your answer to that question?
1: Well, let's see. I mean, pros, you get to fish all the time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Obviously, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you get to go catch fish all the time, but honestly, I mean, it's, I guess a con would be how much work it is. Like it is nonstop. Like it's, it's not like your nine to five job where you can, you can shut it off at the end of the day and go home and do whatever. No, it's, it's 24 seven, you know, every single week, either prep or tackle or, you know, map study, something like that. There's always something to do, which I love it. You know, that's, that's my whole life. So it's not really work, but it's (laughs) just, you know so much that goes into it that uh you know i guess you could say that's a con yeah and you know all the travel being away from family and girlfriend and everything it it sucks yeah. but that's part of it
0: yeah that, that was a conversation i had uh, i had josh bertrand on here a few episodes ago and that was one thing we kind of got into was you know family if you're if you're a family oriented person you know it's it can be a struggle you know, especially being a, being an angler, because you're gone a good chunk of year, a good chunk of the year traveling. Um, you, you know, some guys that are you know near the Midwest or South, you, you kind of have it a little bit easier than some folks from the like from the Northeast per se. Uh, obviously, when you have that swing up, say, to St. Lawrence or whatnot, you know, it's obviously becomes a little bit easier. But when you're traveling to the Midwest and the South, you know, you're away from family and you're a long distance away. It's not, you know, travels you, you can make it in a day kind of thing so it's oh right can make things really difficult
1: that's for sure and you know it's a long way so i end up you know trying to plan things out like this florida trip you know like i made more sense financially for me to drive my truck and boat over here to florida after texas and then fly home Mm -hmm. for you know when it goes off limits so just little things like that you know but it's still another week away just because it you know make yeah. sense financially, and and to get the scout out the lakes and everything. So, definitely, yeah, it's certainly hard, that aspect of it.
0: Yeah. So, I guess these past two years uh, and going into – you're going into your third season, correct?
1: Yeah, we just just started last week, the third third season.
0: Yeah. So, from the first two years and then going into your, your third year, uh, are there any adjustments? You know, obviously, I'm not going to ask, the, you know, different, certain bait things or anything. But I guess, you know, I guess whether mentally or strategically, are you are there any adjustments you're making per year based on the previous year, or are you kind of trying to stay to your to your strengths and, and hoping it kind of just is a weather fish, you know, kind of reason?
1: Um, it's probably a little bit of both, honestly. You know, I mean it's constantly making adjustments and constantly learning. You know, I'm always trying to learn something new and trying to figure something out. But on the other hand, is a lot of it's between the ears. It's all mental and just having confidence in yourself and what you're doing. So that's expanded greatly here in the last couple of years, just, you know, being like, hey, I, I can compete out here. These guys aren't any better than me or anything. So it's just, you know, yeah. a big confidence boost the last couple of years. So that just helps me in, in my fishing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think. That's what comes up a lot with professional anglers um, is, you know, it comes down to decision-making. Obviously a lot of people have, some people have a lot more experience than others, uh, you know, a rookie versus a, a veteran. Um, obviously there's different experiences there, but would, would you agree that pretty much anyone's success just comes down to simple decision-making of deciding where to go, what to throw, where to cast?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, usually catching them is the easiest part it's all about making the right decisions when to leave where to go what mm-hmm. to throw that kind of stuff you know I mean for example just last week at Rayburn um, day two I was I was struggling big time I was starting to spin out a little bit and r- right at the end of the day I just my gut told me to just pull into a random pocket I've never even seen before and I ended up catching my fourth and fifth fish right before I had to leave for weigh-in so just Perfect. those little things like that, just as I mature as an angler and gain more confidence in myself, I can just make those decisions and not even question them, and it works yeah. out.
0: Yeah, and you came in 20th, correct?
1: Yes. 20th?
0: Well, congrats on the top 20 for the first one. I'm sure Thank you're you. going to take that and keep rolling on. Yeah, the, the season I'm pumped about
1: that. Can't yeah, I'll complain see. about a good start.
0: Of course, yeah. Uh, it's only the beginning, but uh, it, it's – it's a great feeling when you feel dialed in where you know you can go through sections of the lake that you may not have fished before, but you just, you. I'm, every angler knows it, but that, that gut feeling you have where you're like, all right, I can go catch them right there, where you just kind of like, you don't think that, you don't think, hey, I'm going to catch them right there. You just kind of, just somehow you just know telepathically that, you know, they're going to be there. It's going to happen. It's just, it's a great feeling. You know, it's, yeah. I totally understand what you're saying there. It's but, uh, a crazy
1: feeling, and, and you can't explain it. You, you love it when it's there and hate it when it's not. Uh-huh. But just like you're saying, like I, I was struggling all day too, but somehow in my head I knew I was going to have five at the end of the day. I don't know yeah. why or, or what. I just knew if I kept grinding, then I'd I'd end up with a couple more, and, and it happened right at the end.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's It's always a great feeling to kind of – uh, especially when you're having a rough day, to kind of have something to, you know, bounce you back, and especially to push you into day three. So Absolutely, that was you know a good, very good feeling. But kind of on the flip side of that, you know, when you're, I guess you know, obviously having confidence is huge, uh, not only mentally but decision making. But when you're facing adversity as an angler, you know, when you're having a slump or, uh, you know, the patterns that you know you found in practice that you felt so confident on doesn't show up on tournament day. As it happens for a lot of anglers. What is, uh, I guess your mental process that you go through to kind of try to regather yourself?
1: Shoot. I wish I had one, (laughs) (laughs) man. It's just like, you know, you, you gotta stay in your own head and and just, you know, know that, that you can do it. And you know, that the trust in your abilities to find them and catch them and all that. And, you know, it, it, if you're in a slump and after a few events or whatever, it always helps to just go to a lake that's good or that, that's on and just go catch a bunch of fish. It just helps boost your, your confidence a little bit. Um, that, that I guess that's one tip I, I can give is, you know, if you had a couple bad events or something in a row, then, then go to a lake that's on and just, just get the set in the hook and it Whack makes you too. feel better.
0: Yeah. Just bully them. Yeah. Yeah. A little helps. bit. Yeah, it helps things kind of get back in in line and kind of help flick. Um, I I know like one piece of advice that I kind of like to take when, um, whether I'm fishing a tournament or not, even if I'm just not catching them on a you know a leisure day in the water, uh, what Mike Ike and Ellie used to say it was kind of going back to the basics, go back to fishing simple the way you kind of started, and yep. then you kind of start up. Like you might be in an area that has fish, but you not, might not be catching them, so you'll think, oh, they're you know they're just not there <sighs> or something, something along the lines you switch back to, you know, going back to the basics, you work your way up from the start and you can, you can get back in tune with those fish. And obviously it doesn't work every time, but I feel like that's a, a good process to kind of fall back on, you know, when things aren't kind of going your way, but.
1: Always. Yeah. and Everyone always has their, uh, their little confidence bait that if they need a fish, they're going to pick up, you know, a shaky head or, or whatever it may be. And, and they'll end up getting that bite they need. So. Yeah. everyone's a little different with their bait but um, you know I got a couple of different things that if I need a bit, uh, a bite, I'm gonna be putting those in my hand and, and just rolling the dice.
0: Is there a confidence bait that you' you're willing to,
1: to share? Oh I mean it's hard to beat a Sanko True. if you're fishing around yeah. grass or anything like that yeah. or, or a chatterbait. Um, those would be one of my top two if I was trying to cover water.
0: Are you a are you a Texas rig guy or are you a wacky
1: guy? I'll do both. Both. Yeah, you know, usually around docks I like the wacky rig, but if it's in grass or something like that, I'll go Texas rig. So I do a little bit of everything. It
0: makes sense for for like the skipping aspect. You probably want the wacky rig around docks. Yeah, yeah. That's it's
1: crazy. How how much better a it will skip than when it's hooked in the middle? <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, up here in New York, uh, we're in the heart of the right now. I'm in the heart of the Finger Lakes, uh, and for us, our, we have our Glacier Lakes. I'm sure as you know, and oh. you know they're big bowls. So you know there's not a lot of structure, um, right? Unless you you know you have graphs and you can you can find the offshore structure. Uh, but for the most part, they're just big bowls. So docks are a huge uh, attraction for anglers, and I'm sure as you know, a wacky rig plays a huge factor up here in the Northeast for uh, docks. Yeah it doesn't in places
1: but i love it up that way you're you're in a good place
0: yeah we are very spoiled between uh, i'm in rochester so it's in between lake ontario Erie, finger lakes and it's a 4 hour mm-hmm. drive to the st lawrence so it's we're very spoiled around here and we <laughs> kind of take it for
1: granted
0: yeah i'm sure it was don't ever take
1: it for granted cuz the south is way overrated <laughs>
0: I'm sure it was uh, it was nice for you to kind of leave your your Three Rivers area and kind of when you explored a bit you're like oh fish do exist okay, right? So, I guess kind of saying that what what would be your you know since fishing kind of you know I'm sure the, was the coastas where you kind of really started to branch out to different areas and and fish?
1: Yes, well, so with the with the Pennsylvania Bass Nation, I mean, we traveled a little bit. We would go to like Potomac River, Chesapeake Bay. Um, we fished Erie a lot. You know, that was probably my home body of water that I felt the most comfortable on was Erie. Eerie? So, yeah, once I did get into the BFLs is when it, it started expanding to new bodies of water, you know, like Oneida and, okay, you know, Thousand Islands up there, the St. Lawrence and, yeah. and whatnot. So I got to expand to those new places. And, you know, that really helped me learn how to find fish on new lakes and that kind of stuff. But Yeah, you know, my Costa's was the first, like, high-level professional scene like that and just showed up the first one at Champlain, never seeing a body of water that big or anything. It was an eye-opener.
0: How hooked were you on Champlain leaving that event?
1: I was pretty pumped. You know, I cashed a check, and uh, honestly, I wasn't even sure I could afford the next one if I didn't cash a check in it, so I was pretty pumped and ended up... uh, that catching that check at champlain ended up you know covering my entry fee for thousand islands and that's the one i ended up winning so the rest is history
0: yeah yeah just those fisheries up there and i mean champlain talk about a you know a glorious place to catch a mixed bag like that <laughs> that place is is unreal the different places you can walk you know run into oh, yeah. brown and and green fish so it's it's pretty sweet so now that you've kind of gotten to travel around a little bit, you know, what, I guess when I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, what is your favorite lake or body of water to fish on?
1: Oh, the Great Lakes for sure. Great Lakes, okay. Yeah, either either Thousand Islands or Lake Erie, like my home water there, or anywhere on the Great Lakes. I'm a smallmouth guy. I just understand it and can figure it out so well.
0: Oh, yeah. Usually. Yeah, I- I'm I'm ashamed to be a uh, a New Yorker and say that my personal best smallmouth is four nine. It's it's not a oh, very no. It's terrible. Yeah, uh, I've t- I've tied it a few times, but no, it's pretty bad. Uh, I've <laughs> full intention on you know heading the Erie and Ontario much more this year to to break that one. But yeah, kind of you know hiding in shame on uh that <laughs> that being a PP smallmouth from from New York, but. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to 2020, you know, with, the your tournament trail, is there, is there any tournaments that are, are highlighted then for you that you're kind of mo- most looking forward to?
1: Well, certainly the end of the season, when we start heading up North, you know, I always look forward to that. You know, I, uh, the final pro circuit event is on the Detroit river, which is right at the mouth of Erie. So yep. really looking forward to that one. And then, uh, if i was fortunate enough to make the top 50 in the points and qualify for the the title championship on the saint lawrence that'd be one that i'd keep my eye on for sure and after that you know i i am fishing the whole division of the northern flw series so i got champlain thousand islands or saint lawrence and erie as well so looking forward to those last five events there up north in smallmouth country
0: i was gonna say you know if you make it to that that championship that's that's in your bag right there you know and everybody fishing that should be should be watching out that place is a a glorious place Um, yes it is but another thing for people to kind of look out for with you one thing i want to ask you about is in 2020 with uh for people that don't already subscribed if you're not you need to it'll be linked down below but to your your youtube channel that you have as well any big plans for the youtube channel coming up for 2020
1: well certainly i've been uh started that i guess a little over a year or a little under a year now i guess um just rolling up on on one year of really putting some time in and trying to grow that channel a little bit and yeah always got new video ideas coming and if if you or anyone else has any ideas definitely shoot them my way and I'll do what I can but yeah I plan on posting regularly all year long and helping bring great content out to the whole fishing community. Awesome
0: yeah I like how you kind of on your practice days I think those are the ones I, I like to watch uh the most is how you kind of talk through your process of what you uh-huh. do on, on on your practice days and what kind of goes on in the brain of, of Matt Becker on practice days, <laughs> kind of how you, you think through things. I think that's, what's uh, most curious to me as a competitive angler who loves to learn more than anything. Uh, that's what I, I enjoy thoroughly. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do. Are you going to pump out any uh, you know, tournament videos as well.
1: Absolutely. You know, once we uh, finish up here, that's what I'm going to jump on the laptop and finish up. Sam Rayburn tournament and recap videos. I got all that stuff footage here on the computer i gotta finish up and then uh yeah start getting some new stuff on the queue for in the next couple weeks
0: sweet and when did you start the the youtube channel like when did you kind of want to start doing that
1: uh probably about a year ago now right right around the first event last year i was like hey i'm gonna start recording all this stuff and just kind of uh well i actually came with the flw kind of forced us to start recording our stuff with with the new role they implied last year and i was like well i got all this footage now so why don't <laughs> why I just, well? yeah why don't i just do it do something with it so and then i kind of grew from there where i just started like hey i can do practice and travel days and just do everything now so it it all started probably right around february last year and uh you know, I I didn't really know what I was doing at first and still really don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm getting a little better and trying to grow it.
0: Yeah, you got to start somewhere. And I guess, you know, for somebody not knowing what they're doing, you know, 1.4 thousand subs is, is doing pretty well for for not knowing what you're doing.
1: I suppose,
0: huh? Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty cool to see it keep growing, and I'm sure it's going to keep growing as you get more comfortable with the editing. I'm sure, you know, time is probably... Your biggest concern with the editing, because you're oh, not, yeah. you have a lot going on, especially during tournament season. So it's cool of you to pump out the content. Everybody enjoys that and appreciates it. But uh, I'm excited to see what's gonna come. I'm hoping to see a uh, a notification on YouTube of uh, you know my my first FLW win. I want I want to see that.
1: That's yeah, my, that sounds that's really good. I, see. That I don't I don't want to be.
0: I'm not on wood because I'm pretty superstitious about that. I'm <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're um we're gonna we're going to transition a little bit here. Uh, I got some fun questions I'm going to ask you a little bit, but uh, before we do, obviously I mentioned I'm going to, I'm going to link your YouTube channel, um, your Instagram down below for people to go follow along with you and your, your travels and your tournaments. But um, is there any pro staff or any social media links you kind of want to shout out here before we kind of get into our next segment?
1: Uh, Not really. I really don't have any affiliate links or anything like that. You know, I just, um you know favorite to stepped up to my title sponsor this year so i got to give them a big shout out um you know they're helping me out a, a great deal this year so
0: yeah
1: if you guys haven't checked out their rods and reels you certainly got to log on there and check them out
0: they just came out with a, a new rod that i was talking to burge about uh over instagram the hex is it hex is it yeah the hex that looks pretty nifty
1: it is unbelievable it's yeah, the it. lightest, most balanced rod you'll ever put in your hands. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Super uh, sensitive, cool. super light, and balanced. It. it it's the deal.
0: I, I've yet to yet to see it, but uh, it looks it looks very intriguing. It looks like a a different caliber of a rod. Yeah.
1: Well, it's actually a hexagon shape. That's where they get the name from. So the exactly. blanket, the blank has yeah six sides on it.
0: That's, that's interesting. I've never yeah, seen like that. It has
1: six I'm, flat sides all the way around it.
0: Oh, I've never heard of anything like that. Is there, um, is there a benefit to to that being there? Is that just kind I of? I don't as
1: know as the a, exact science, but I'm sure that allows them to make it lighter and more and stronger, so that you know they can uh, produce a rod that that's so light and balanced and still be powerful.
0: It's interesting. I'm 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 a very analytically curious kind of guy. I hate myself for that. I've grown up yeah. just stats and and research. So now that you've done that, I kind of have to curse at you because now I'm going to have to go and read all up about it and just wonder why that <laughs> makes, it, makes things. What makes it tick? So that's that's interesting. All right, I'm going to yeah. look at. That. Uh but yeah, so we'll we'll transition into the last little segment here before we before we end. I know you're a very busy man. You got some some things to tend to for your scouting and practice, but uh I have a, a few little fun questions for you um, All right, that I kind of <laughs> wanted, wanted to ask before we, we cap off um, this is a question to start off um, is my favorite one because everyone is entirely different with their answer uh, and it's kind of cool to see who's in, like interest kind of sway in certain areas depending on their, an- uh, their answer so the question is if you could invite any three people to dinner with you to sit down and pick their brain they could be past or present. Doesn't have to be fishing. Who would you invite?
1: Oh, geez, that's a loaded question. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Whew! I love thumping people with this because they don't expect this yeah. unless they listen to the podcast and then, then they you know sit down and I ask them. And they're like, oh crap.
1: Yeah, that's that's a tough one. So, we're just gonna stick with the fishing side of it. I would have to say pick their brain i would love to know what's going on in thrift's brain but it'd be hard to get it out of them because he'll just talk (laughs) around everything (laughs) i have sat down at dinner with dudley so i would go with him again and and he's so good at explaining everything he will make you believe anything he could tell you that your shoe's black, and at the end of the conversation, you'd believe it, even if you're wearing the whitest shoes you got. <laughs> so, other than that, I mean, I, uh, I'd have to say Rick Clunn, too. Oh, you know, I like I, that. Yeah. I just listened to a, uh, was it Bass Talk Live with him the other day? Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. When I was driving out here to, to Florida, and the way that man thinks is, is beyond anybody. Just, I would love to be able to pick his brain and and kind of uh, dive into that and and try to understand just a fraction of the things that he does. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, for you know, it's I guess not unheard of, but it's not too common that you know a guy his ages will fish competitively and do well consistently. You know. Um, oh yeah. just that's you know the epitome of somebody who truly has a passion and enjoyment for competitive fishing i think that's you know staple
1: absolutely and not even that like i would just like to talk to him about life in general he just like has a whole different understanding on on why things happen and and stuff like that that it just blows my mind that people can understand things and think at that level and it just kind of intrigues me i'd like to learn a little about that yeah
0: that's awesome yeah, actually, you know, going back to your David Dudley answer, I just had on uh, Jody White uh, yeah. podcast, and he uh, he t- when I asked him his question, he twisted it on me, and he goes, and he goes, you know, I don't really want to pick anyone's brain. I just want to have a good time. So David Dudley would be awesome because he's just he's he pretty much bluntly said he's just playing out crazy, and we <laughs> kind of got the general consensus that he's just a mad scientist. So oh it's, yeah. uh, it's his YouTube channel is is intriguing with the different theories. He, oh, has different he has a
1: theory for everything.
0: Yeah, and he, and he, how he always believes he's entirely 100 percent correct. And he's Oh like, yeah, I'm right. Like,
1: <laughs> That's what I mean. He could tell yep. you you're wearing black shoes, and they'd be as white as the wall, and
0: walking you'd away. You believe cause...
1: it? You would believe <laughs> it after his after his spiel?
0: Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, sweet. I, I like the Rick Klun answer. That was that was a good one. I that one's pretty sweet. Uh, I would appreciate talking to him as well. Just kind of getting that, that some stories of, you know, cause oh, as yeah. a veteran, I would love to hear different stories he has of, you know, fishing back in the day to, you know, what it is now. So it's, that'd be pretty cool. Right. Uh, yeah. So we're going to wrap it up here with this last question. Um, I usually ask people, you know, what's your favorite fishing memory, you know, of all time. Uh, but I guess I'll, I'll kind of twist it a little bit for you and, I guess since, you know, being in the coast is what's your favorite, I mean, I'm sure, you know, winning the St. Lawrence, that was probably, you know, one of your favorite fishing memories, but is there, like, a, a favorite story or fishing memory that you've had since, you know, fishing on that professional level?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things that pop up, you know. Of course, you know, winning that event is what really jump-started my career and basically changed my life, so of course, that's going to be number one, but you know there's a couple fish catches that that went on the, the first year I was on tour that really you know turned my season around turned that's really why I'm still here honestly you know the if, um, if I didn't do very well the first season I, I probably wouldn't have been able to afford to fish again mm-hmm. and or gain any notoriety and, and gain any sponsor help so I can look back at a couple fish catches, one in particular at Kentucky Lake. I had a, a bad event. I think I only had one or two fish the first day, and, and the second day I was on pace for about the same. And Right about at the end of the day, I, I caught the big fish of the day, a seven-and-a-half-pounder, and, a half pounder. and that, that one fish gave me enough points to win Rookie of the Year to qualify for the Cup all those things like looking back on it without that one fish that none of that would have happened. So that, that jumps out at me.
0: That's awesome. That Talk about a, uh, a rush knowing that you made, you know, not only rookie of the year, but making the cup that had to be. Well, yeah.
1: At, at the time I didn't realize how important it would be, but you know, then we went on to the next event and how everything played out and I was driving home thinking about, you know, I just won rookie of the year, qualified for the cup and it just hit me like, man, there's that one fish at Kentucky Lake that did it. And, you know, there was an instance at Smith Lake where the day one I was, I was struggling bad and, and I made an adjustment late, late in the day on day one and kind of figured the deal out and turned it into a top 10 finish. But I can look back and see if, if I made the, just the opposite decision. If I went left when I went right and you know, my whole season could have been different. My whole career could be different because I, you know, wouldn't yeah. have had the money to be able to fish again. So just those little things like that jump out of me. When I look back, I, I think about this stuff all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to go even, you know, and not to talk about too much, but to go further in depth of that, if you, if you think about it, you know, if your cast was off, you know, 10 degrees than it was, you might not have caught that fish. You might not have been sitting I know. There. It's crazy to think what different events lead to where you are. It's Absolutely. Kind of reinforces, you know, that everything kind of happens for a reason type of deal. Oh, for
1: sure. It's all yeah. in the big man upstairs. It's all in his hand. He's got it all planned out, so we're just living it.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, I hear you. Well, man, before we, um, before we wrap up here, um, first I want to say I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know we're in the, the ramp up and the getting to the heart of tournament season here, but uh, I appreciate you taking the time to hop on and talk with me and people listening. Definitely appreciate, you know, hearing you and hearing different tips and the information that you're giving us. But before we uh, sign off, is there, is there anybody you want to shout out or anything you want to add uh, to those listening in?
1: Oh, not really. I just appreciate you having me on and, uh, you know, check me out on social medias, Instagram and, and YouTube for sure. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, Just going to continue to pump out a bunch of great content on there. So those are the best ways to keep up with me and what I'm doing. So anybody ever has any questions or anything, feel free to message me on there or or comment or whatever. I I look and read all that stuff. So I'll definitely respond to you.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said earlier, we're going to link everything down in the description for people. So it's super easy. Head down, click on it, subscribe, you know, go follow him on social media, like you said. But, uh, Matt, we're really looking forward to seeing how you do this year. I'll be rooting for you. I'll be watching the lives. I, uh, I'm hoping to head up towards, uh, make all the Northern Swing tournaments. So hopefully I'll see you there. Stop by, say hello, and uh, hopefully, uh, you you know, knock on wood again, those St. Lawrence tournaments will do you well again, uh, more than just that one. So, um, again, appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, – Hopefully, we'll have you back on again. You know, either middle of season or kind of get a recap of how Matt Becker, uh, Matt Becker's season, you know, really went for FLW Pro Circuit.
1: Sounds good, man. We'll see you. All
0: right, sounds good, man. Have a good night. You too. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you for listening to my podcast in its entirety. With that being said, if you'd like to support the Serious Angler Podcast, please head to my page and click support. Any amount really helps me be able to create content for you guys and also helps me you know pay the bills which gives me more time to make podcasts for you guys thank you guys again for listening to the serious angler podcast and we'll see you guys next time